morning, Assembly family. How's everybody doing? Well, listen, this morning we're going to be talking about the rapture of the church. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm ex who's excited to see Jesus in this place? Well, what we're going to do this morning, we're going to take it back just a little bit and sing one of my absolute favorite songs, I'll Fly Away. So make sure you sing along with us. Here we go. Some glad morning when this life is over. I'll fly away I'll fly away 
loving us and setting us free. Let's sing together. Your love so great, Jesus in all things. I see the glimpse of your heart.
lift your voice. of ourselves, Lord. We lift them up unto you. One more time. Not to us, but to your name. You're our soul affection. Yes, Jesus. Yes, we praise you. Come on, just lift up your adoration right now in this moment. Just lift up your adoration, lift up your thanksgiving to him right now. Come on, let's just take this space, this quick moment. Come on, out of your own mouth, just say how thankful you are for what he's done in your life, for the way that he's brought you through. Lord, we're so thankful, we're so thankful. You didn't have to, you didn't have to come through for us, but you did. But you did, and I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful, I take my eyes off of myself, I take my eyes off of myself, and I lift them up to the one who's worthy, yes, I lift them up to the one who's I don't know about you, but he's come through for me. So I lift you up, oh God. I lift up your holy name. You're worthy of the praise. You're worthy of the honor. Oh, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Walking
yourself over and over again so our confidence it's not weak it's strong our confidence is so strong that we keep approaching you with a boldness to believe that your word will happen thank you God for never losing even one battle and our faith is strong today that you are in control and Lord that is going to mean something unique to each person because of what they're walking out right now. So just speak to them that you are in control. You are with them and at the same time you're out in front. And so Lord, our trust is in you today and our hope is in you and our joy is renewed because of you and because of our assurance in your promises. And everybody said, amen. Give God the praise that he's so worthy to receive today faithful, good, come on, merciful, almighty, no one like him. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just greet each other. It's so good to be together in God's presence. So greet each other as you're seated today. You're certainly welcome. We're so glad that you are here. 
So glad to be in this room, but would you also help me acknowledge those that are watching online today? We're glad that they're joining us. We count it a blessing that people can connect in so many different ways, and the same presence that's at work in this place is at work right where you are, and his word is also going to relate to you and bring you to a place of response like it will to everyone in this room. We're walking it out faithfully until Jesus comes. We have an unusual time in which we are living and we look to God's word for the steps we are to take. We need to be reminded of where we are and what's to come as we pursue the Lord and we are waiting for his return. How many of you, and, and this is not a right or wrong answer, just, it's just an acknowledgement. If you have been raised going to church, would you raise your hand so you have that kind of background? So there's a lot of people, and then there's a lot of people that haven't. So I want you to know that based on the weight of Scripture, that I believe that we're in what's called the church age right now. So Jesus was born, he lived a sinless life, he died, he rose again, and then 10 days before the Holy Spirit was poured out, Jesus ascended. The Holy Spirit poured out in the upper room. There were 120 people in that upper room, and they were empowered to go and take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the world. And the church was born. The church age started. We're still in that church age. But the next event is what the Bible calls the catching away of the church. We call it the rapture of the church. The reason we call it the rapture is because in the Bible, when it talks about being caught up, both in the Greek and in Latin, it is clear that it's speaking of rapture. We have different occasions in the Bible where we see this work of God happening. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, Elijah was raptured. He never died. But at the same time, Moses, he did die. But when you come to the New Testament, and three of the disciples are with Jesus on Mount Transfiguration. Who else is there? Moses and Elijah. The law and the prophets. And you see two people, one by resurrection, one by rapture, that they are there in the presence of God. So the rapture of the church is where Jesus is coming for, for his church. The weight of scripture would teach us that once there is the rapture of the church, a seven-year period called the Great Tribulation will occur. It'll be the outpouring of wrath like the world has never seen. The end of that great tribulation will be the second coming. When you hear people preach, when you study the Bible, you need to make the distinction between the second coming and the rapture. Two different events. Jesus is coming for his church in the rapture. He's coming with his church in the second coming. The second coming, we will be with him and that tribulation period will end in what's called the Battle of Armageddon. And then there will be a thousand year like a wedding feast. It'll be peacetime, unlike we've ever seen. The devil will be bound up. I will talk about the seven years. What's going to happen next week? When, if you're interested in that, if you want people to hear that, it's an intense word. It's a needed word. How do we walk it out until that time? That's next week. Following that 1,000-year millennial reign, and if you're looking at this timeline, I separated it for clarity, but notice that right when the second coming happens, that 1,000-year reign begins. 
The thousand-year reign will conclude with a new heaven and a new earth. Right before that will be the great white throne judgment. It's where Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire for all eternity. And at the same time, those who have rejected over and over again the love and grace of God that has been drawing them to tr- you know, try to bring them in. If they rejected it, that's all in Revelation 20. You don't hear the church talked about from Revelation 3 again until Revelation 20. There are 16 chapters that are given in Revelation that talk about what's going to happen in that seven-year period. So it, it demands our attention. There are many signs in the Bible that would talk about the second coming. If you hear somebody say the signs of the times, they're everywhere. Those signs are referring to the second coming. There aren't any signs left for the rapture. And if when you hear next week's message, it will feel in part like we're already in those, those four implications of the four horsemen that unfold the wrath of God. You'll think that's happening now, but it's only a version. The Holy Spirit's still at work in the earth. In that seven-year tribulation, the Holy Spirit will be lifted. The church will be lifted. And when there's no grace and there's no prayer and there's no church, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. Tens of thousands gathered yesterday in our nation's capital seeking God for revival. We had church last night, church today, church across this city, across this nation. When none of that is happening, it will be an entirely different level. And so we will speak to that. But here's what is the strong challenge of today for you to know that Jesus could come in what we call the rapture of the church today. I literally may not get through this sermon. That's how imminent the return of Jesus is. That's how ready and right it is for his return. The challenge is to be ready for the rapture. In Revelation chapter 1, John is given a vision of Jesus. He unfolds that vision And then when he gets into chapter 2, he starts speaking to seven churches. When you come out of chapter 3, you don't read of the church again. Here's what you read. Revelation 4, starting at verse 1. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And a voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. The one who sat there had an appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Please know that it's like, like an emerald, like a ruby, like jasper. Here's what John is seeing. It takes us back to the Old Testament and the high priest who could go into the presence of God. They had a breastplate. On the breastplate were two columns, six on each side. They were the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. Each had a stone reflecting that tribe. And so Jasper represented the tribe of Reuben. The last tribe on the breastplate was the tribe of Benjamin that was displayed by a ruby. At the same time, on the shoulders of the high priest was Jasper on one side, ruby on the other. John is seeing God who has carried in his heart all the people and on his shoulders like 
a great shepherd. Depicted in Luke 15, a shepherd so great that he would leave even 99 to go and search out the one that was lost so that no one would be left out of joining this ever-widening circle around the throne of God. The emerald rainbow, it takes you back, first of all, the rainbow that was displayed by God after the flood where God was speaking of faithfulness. And to this day, he has kept his word in being faithful. Green is the sign of life, the life-giving power of Jesus that's available to anyone in this room. If you're struggling, if you're in despair, if you don't know Jesus, if you're just existing, today you can have life. When they're standing around this throne in Revelation 4, it's, it's a complete experience of the fullness of life. Verse 4, surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. Now watch the circle get wider. Around the main throne were 24 other thrones. Seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white, had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing because there were seven churches that he spoke to. These are the seven spirits of God, also reflecting the Holy Spirit's presence around the throne. And you can study the scripture and see the seven actions of the Holy Spirit. Everything from you don't come to know Jesus without the Spirit making you aware that you need him, to the empowerment of the Spirit, to the Spirit enlightening the word to your heart, to the Spirit bearing witness with your spirit that you are the son, the daughter of God. You see the, the completeness of the Spirit's work around this throne. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Who are the 24 elders? In the Old Testament, you have 12 tribes. So 12 representing those tribes. The original 12 disciples in the New Testament you're seeing now that the church is represented around this throne. In Revelation 3, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. From Revelation 4 forward, it's only hear what the Spirit says. It never adds what the Spirit says to the church. Why? Because the weight of Scripture says the church has been raptured. The church is right here around this throne giving praise to God. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. You're like, what is this? Revelation is so fascinating, and in some cases bizarre. But what you're seeing here, first of all, a representation of wild animals, the lion being the strongest, an ox in that day, was known to be the strongest of domestic animals. Man is the pinnacle of God's creation. The eagle is the swiftest. It's a composite of the creation of God, the most noble, swift, wise, strong. The composite of God's creation, what are they doing? Around the throne with eyes on the front and back showing us that they're total attention was on the one who was seated on the throne. This attention now takes us to verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. And day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, holy. Holy is 
Watch this. The Lord God, not mighty, but almighty. There's not many gods. There aren't many names. There aren't many paths by which you can be reconciled to God and have a home in heaven. One name, one God, the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Holy is his character. Almighty is his capacity. His constancy, who was, is, and is to come. He's timeless. He's eternal. He's holy. But he loves you so much that you can be reconciled to him. He is almighty, so he can press in to your past and deal with anything because he was. He can meet you in power right now because he is. And you need not have unrest about tomorrow because he is the one to come. There is no comparison. There's no one like our God. And whenever these living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders... The redeemed, they fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. See, as believers, we will stand at a judgment seat of Christ, different than the great white throne judgment. We will be rewarded. It turns into a crown for the way we have served in this one life we've been given. But in that moment, we'll take that crown and we'll place it in worship and we'll declare, verse 11, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We're only here for one reason. He created us. John writing to these seven churches as they read this, their context was Domitian was on the throne. He seemed to be almighty. He had such evil. He was persecuting them in ways that had never happened before. And John is writing this and he's saying, I have seen the throne. And I want to tell you, Domitian is not on it. But the Lord Almighty is. And he is watching over you. And he's writing this for them to take courage because one day they would join this ever-widening circle around the throne of our creator God. How did the 24 elders, elder is a representation, representing that there will be all the redeemed there. How did they get there? First Thessalonians chapter four, the Bible will answer the question. Here's what it says. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is what's next on God's calendar. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We will end up around that throne in that circle of praise around our creator God. Now let me break down this passage for you. There will be a return. 
Get ready. The rapture is about to happen. At the return, there will be a resurrection. These dead bodies of the saints, they're going to be re-engineered. According to 1 Corinthians, in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, we will all be changed. And the perishable puts on the imperishable. And the mortal puts on immortality. You see, at that time, we will be living in the full realization how death has lost its sting and the grave has lost its victory. And we meet the Lord in the air, and that's the reunion, resurrected and raptured, just like Moses who had died. There he is on Mount Transfiguration. Elijah, who had been resurrected, he never died. He had been raptured. There he is. We will all join around the very presence of Jesus, and ultimately, we're around this throne as a seven-year tribulation breaks out on this earth. You have to be ready for this next move of God called the rapture of the church. You have to know him as your personal savior. You need to be in right relationship with him and you need to know it could happen today so you don't need to process, you need to make this choice. One of my jobs as a pastor is to make that day be your best day. That no one would be left behind. Last week, right after the Sunday service, we gathered our stuff and we traveled to Arkansas for the homegoing services of my uncle. And he has two daughters, my cousins, Judy and Lori. And some time ago, he had given them a key and said, if anything happens to me, this key goes to my safe and here's where the safe is. And they opened that safe at his passing and there was one file in the safe and a piece of paper had 14 steps of things that they would go through uh, to take care of all the stuff. And it, it was very cute. One of the statements he had written, now when you make this phone call, you're gonna be on hold a long time. So, <laughs> I'm just letting you know how detailed he was, but on the, on the cover of that manila file, he had written, if I die, or if the rapture happens. He was a devoted follower of Jesus and he believed in what I'm telling you today. We did have a little fun last Sunday night at dinner when I said, okay, to Judy and Lori, which one did he think would still be around if the rapture happened to open the safe? And they both had an opinion. I was around 10 years old and a movie was released called Thief in the Night. Back in that time, we didn't go see a lot of movies. And what was so bizarre is to get to see a movie and to get to see a movie in church. As a 10 year old, I sit in an auditorium like you're sitting in today and I watched this movie about this event that we're talking about, the rapture. I'll never forget it. It was branded in my heart. And as a 10-year-old, it really shook me. This main character, her name is Patty, and she ends up not being ready. And there's a scene where she goes into her house, and I suppose it was her father. He had an electric razor, and the electric razor is just buzzing, and he's gone. Have any of you seen Thief in the Night? Wish we'd all been ready. That, that was like the theme song. I'll never forget it. So days after that, 
at night especially, I would be trying to go to sleep and I'm in my bed across the room. My brother is in his bed. He's just three years older than me. And I'd say, I'm scared. I'm scared that, that Jesus is going to come tonight. And, and, you know, the whole idea is that one will be taken and one will be left. And I don't know which one. And so I was afraid to go to sleep. And we would talk about it. And one afternoon, pretty late in the afternoon, not far from the time where we'd have dinner in Arkansas, we called it supper. And so it was about that time, but for some reason, my parents had to go to the store. They were gone. I just go into my house and I hear that sound of the electric razor. I go in the bathroom and it's there on the counter and it's buzzing. Tanya, there's no one to be found in my whole house. And I go into the kitchen because there would always be notes left on the refrigerator. There was a note in the magnet and it said, wish we'd all been ready. And the word all was underlined. <laughs> With the razor buzzing and the note in my hand, I grabbed the phone and I dialed 879-0717. That was my mamaw's number. She had a very small house. She always answered. She was always home. She would answer in the first or second ring. It rang and rang. And there was no voicemail back in that day. And it just rang and rang. And I thought, I have been left. I lived at the end of the street. There was a wooded area. It was red dawn for me. I'm getting my backpack. I'm headed to the woods because I just saw the movie. I'm not taking the mark. I can tell you that. I, I, you know, I'm getting, I had a, I didn't. My parents had a schnauzer and I, Tinkerbell and me were headed to the woods. I won't tell you that right now. And that is, that was real to me. And, and though my brother had a lot of fun, here's what's true. And I want you to get it. There's coming a day, and I think very soon, and it's all going to change. And people who know Jesus will be caught away to meet Jesus in this rapture. And those who aren't ready will not. And the last thing you want to happen is to be left behind. It doesn't get more serious than what I'm talking about today. And the way we practice the end of this teaching on rapture in 1 Thessalonians, Paul said, now, here's what's going to happen. There will be a return, a resurrection, a rapture, a reunion. He went on to say, now, encourage one another with these words. Because this is good news if you're saved. It's the best news. Jesus is coming and we get to be around that throne that we read about. And we get to be in heaven for all eternity. It's the best news. If you're ready. If you're not ready, you need to struggle going to sleep at night. You need to take evaluation of if it happened today, where would you be? Your sharp mind already tells you that things are winding down around here. Your sharp mind already tells you that you're more than just this physical body. 
And so your sharp mind leads you to this question, what happens after you die? What happens once this rapture occurs? And the poignant challenge that the Holy Spirit is making today is that we would walk this out in a readiness and excitement to see Jesus and telling everybody we can about his grace until he comes. If you believe that, could you give him a praise today? Let's rejoin the scene of which we will very much be a part of as Christians. Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides. It's complete. Sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who's worthy? to break open the scroll. But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. And so John, he wept. No one was found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside. But one of the elders said to me, don't we? Watch this. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. Jesus is out of the tribe of Judah. He's a root and in the lineage of David, this elder saying, John, there is one. He is worthy because he has triumphed through his sacrificial love. He's the lion. He has roared through this life without sin, died and risen again. And of course, he's talking about Jesus. And when the elder's like talking to John and telling him about this, John turns back to the throne. And when he turns back to the throne, he sees a lamb. The elder said, there's a lion. But when he turns, he sees a lamb that had been slain. And this picture goes from Revelation 4 of creator. You're only here because he created you. To now this picture in Revelation 5. That the creator has acted in such a way to be a redeemer. So that no one would be left out. No one would have to be disconnected and separated from God for eternity. But just the opposite is available because of the lamb who was slain. Skipping to verse 9, it says, And they, they, all those around the throne, they sang a new song. In Revelation 4, they said. In Revelation 5, they sang because the redeemed get a new song. They saying, you're worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain. With your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe, language, people, and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they'll reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne with the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb. Worthy, we're there because of him. He's not there because of us. 
We're there because of him. And then these seven expressions of honor, worthy is the lamb to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and praise. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. That afternoon that I walked in my house, it was like most every afternoon in my life toward the late evening, my parents would have cooked dinner. When I walked in the house, sometimes even before I went in, the aroma of that meal was so evident and awesome. And as I would go in, I would go to do what my parents would say, hey, wash your hands, come to the table, supper's ready. Knowing that we were gonna all gather at the table, there are things we needed to do. Supper's cooking, church. I can sense it. So wash your heart. Prepare. We're soon gonna be at that table around the throne. Would you stand with me, everybody, and with your eyes closed? I wanna ask you, are you ready? If the answer is no, I want to participate in helping you get ready. The Bible says, if you are not saved, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. If you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, let's clarify. I'm not asking you if you've been to church a lot. Being in a church, going to church does not save you. I'm asking, have you confessed with your mouth? Your parents may be saved. Your friends may be saved. And it's easy to perhaps feel like you are too. But you know in your heart you have never confessed with your mouth. Your need for his forgiveness and said, Lord, I want you to be my savior and I want to enter this relationship with you. I want my life changed and I want that assurance of eternal life. If you've never done that, are you ready? In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. This is the most important decision you will ever make and it's never been more important because time's running out. So if you would like to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you raise your hand right now? Just raise it up high. I'll see it. Would you keep it up so that I don't miss one person? Thank you. Someone else? Secondly, you say, oh, my heart is breaking today because I've allowed my love that was so first for Jesus to become second, third, fourth. It's been displaced by compromise and my own agenda and God's gripping my heart and I need to return. I need to come back. If that is you, you want to rededicate your heart, would you just lift your hand as high as you can and do it quickly? Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, this is so good. People are surrendering to Jesus. So would you repeat this prayer after me? I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. I'll move into a prayer of rededication. Repeat it after me. Say, dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. I am desperate for you. 
come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Make me a new person. Write my name in the book of life. I want to be a follower. I want to be in a relationship with you. I want the assurance of heaven. So I repent of my sins. I accept your grace. And I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your love for me. Thank you for changing my life today. Amen. Dear Jesus, I rededicate my heart to you. Forgive me of compromise for letting my love for you grow cold. I set apart you as the Lord of my heart. As number one and everything in my life. Thank you, Jesus, because I know when I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me of unrighteousness. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, say a strong amen. Give him praise today. Come on, let's worship.
Lord, we conclude by knowing that day comes we're going to be gathered around your throne in that ultimate victory. But until then, we're going to walk it out ready and very focused to share the gospel, the good news with everybody we can. God, place a fresh commissioning on us as a church to be about what really matters, and that is reaching the lost and making disciples. It's why your word says that we should make the most of every opportunity to redeem the time, to be very intentional, faithful, and urgent. And so, Lord, we join our hearts in this prayer, saying we're going to do that, we're going to be faithful to share the good news so that no one is left behind. And we thank you that we can serve you well in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. And as you are, let me just remind you that next week, I think it'll be very informative and compelling. And so... Just invite people. Say, if what everything's going on around here has gotten your attention, come to church. Because everything that's going to unfold, these four influences that come out of these four horsemen, you're seeing it a little bit in part right now. So it's, it's so relevant. You can so connect your mind because of what's going on, even though it hasn't happened yet. And it's a compelling message for us to get right with God. So... Don't come alone, bring people, and we'll trust the Lord to use his word and his plan to make a difference. Would you welcome Pastor Barry today? What a powerful message this morning. Aren't you thankful for Pastor Ron? Great message this morning. Let's give it up for him. I had a brief moment there as he was talking and I was standing back behind him there where I thought about laying my mic down and going backstage there just to see. Wrap, okay. You guys are ready for lunch. Okay, I'm not a good comedian. There we go. Hey, uh, we are excited that you are here at church today. If you're in the room and it's one of your first times or you're online, we are so glad that you're here. There is a digital connect card at theassembly.org slash connect. In these next few moments before you walk away from service, if you could just fill out the information there that we ask for, it will give you an opportunity to get great information about our church. We're not gonna chase you down, but we're gonna give you some great next steps that you can take on your spiritual journey. If you've been coming for a while and you are interested in getting on the team and figuring out our mission, our vision, going farther, faster into what God is doing here at the assembly, we've got a four-step process that we call Growth Track. Our next round of those four steps is gonna start next Sunday after this service. You'll get a box lunch, we'll take care of childcare. You can just go to theassembly.org slash growth track. You can get all the information about how to sign up. We'd love for you to take that next step on the journey as you do that. Here in a moment, as you leave at, after the closing prayer, you're going to have an opportunity to give at one of the offering stations by the doors. If you are online or you'd like to give digitally, there's some other links there as well where you can give. It's through your faithful and generous giving that we're able to fulfill the vision of this church to serve neighbors and nations. And you're doing a great job of being a generous and faithful church. Hey, will you stand with me? Let's stand as we go into our final prayer. And then we're going to charge out of here ready to take on the week. Lord, I just thank you for this, for this powerful message we just heard. And Lord, we know you're coming back soon. 
And Lord, I just pray you find us on mission as you do that. When you come back, let us be actively pursuing the kingdom of God, establishing your kingdom here, serving neighbors and nations, God. As we go, as we give a portion of what you blessed us with, God, multiply it for kingdom effectiveness. Lead us into this week. Keep us healthy. Keep us whole in every way, God. And let us be sensitive to your spirit as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody have a great week. <laughs>